one. Uh, I know it's a little out of order, but Jesse is back. Uh, I know he was technically back last week from you guys listening, but for me, he's just now back. It's, and uh, It's never good to let the internet know when you're actually not going to be home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we are, oh, sorry, this is Box Office Bomb Squad, where we break down some of the big, biggest bombs that ever hit theaters. And today's bomb is 2002's Hearts War. Funny, I was just writing my son. And in the letter, I was trying to explain to him what the word honor means. Be a hell of a thing when I find out that your father helped 35 men escape from a place like this. Wouldn't that? You're going out too, Lincoln. You got that? I can't do that, darling. Suppose the boy comes back and there's nobody sitting in the defendant's chair then what? It doesn't matter, you'll already be out. Then the search begins. And all those men, they won't have a chance. Thinking if you stay, you'll be convicted. If I stay, those men are gonna have a chance. And you'll be executed. Happy fun time. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, just an all. absolute slap knee and, you know, just the funnest film we've ever seen on here. Uh, so Hearts War came in on its opening week fourth after John Q. Great film. Crossroads. That's the Britney Spears movie. Not great. And Return to Neverland. Uh, the, the weird Peter Pan sequel. Uh, it dropped to eighth when Queen of the Dan and Dragonfly came out the next week, and it never recovered, never didn't really start well, it didn't end well. Uh, very mixed reviews on this guy. The budget was $70 million, and they made about $33 million. So it was quite a loss. Uh, and this was at a time where Bruce Willis and Colin Farrell were like so bankable, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but one of the biggest issues, clearly, is uh, people expected a war film. And <laughs> although you can call this a war film, it's a it's a courtroom drama. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was just it was sold odd. It was sold oddly. And like Colin Farrell at this point wasn't doing a lot of dramatic roles. He was doing a lot of action stuff and people were expecting more out of it. So there's that. But. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll break down some of our thoughts on it and where we stand with things. So uh, let's talk about it. You know how many fucking bugs Dave Bautista has to stay that big? <laughs> so many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big poop. Had to be an ass joke. Oh my God, let's talk about it. So first well, thing, the cover of the movie has Bruce Willis uh saluting which is great and all except for the movie's called Heart's War and, and Heart is he's, not he's not Willis. even Heart no see the theatrical poster is a <laughs> close up of Bruce Willis he takes up about a good oh two thirds at least yeah two thirds of the poster with Colin Farrell in the background and on the bottom is a military jury so th- this poster the theatrical poster did try to tell you hey it's a military journal but the word war being in there, I mean, it just confused people. Now it's based on a book. The book was actually uh, well-received whatever. That being said, uh, overall, if you had to give, like, one word to this film, 
what what would you give it, Jesse? <clears throat> oh man, one word. Um, uh, disjointed. Oh boy, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, mine would be sleepy. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Like, Terrence Howard's a good damn actor. And even when he's angry and yelling in this movie after being accused of killing a man, he's sort of just like, I didn't kill him. What are you talking about? I didn't kill him. And like, <laughs> everyone has that level of emphasis on anything. And these are like prisoners of war. And like, even the Nazis are like, hey, you know, it's not. Yeah, you the Nazi. Put some wine. The whatever. Bruce the... Willis whips a gun out on the guy one time. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's like, oh, like, is that what's going to happen? All right. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he, I don't know. I mean, granted, the, the Nazi, I don't know what his rank is. I don't know the Nazi uniforms very well uh, for obvious reasons. That's <clears throat> Colonel Werner Weiser. Colonel? Okay. So the Colonel, yes. um, and I hate it when they do this with Nazis in movies. Honestly, kind of a likable guy. Yeah, that's okay. Like, I have a note. Are they trying? <laughs> Are they trying to make us feel sympathetic for the Nazi? Right. Because <laughs> like, that's the movie is like, listen, he's giving them a fair shot. He's giving them a chance. He's letting them go to trial. His son died. That's why he's doing this. This, this, this. He's, and you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not rooting for the Nazi. <laughs> no. I mean, he he doesn't like anytime they step over the line, it's almost like he allows a little bit. As long as they don't yeah. go too far, he'll let them. Well, think of the bread like, situation. Exactly. Yeah. Which was a good he scene, could, by the way. I mean, he, any other colonel could have been fully justified by his brass, anyway, to have shot the lot of them and just oh, moved yeah. on, you know, make room for more. But he let it happen, and it's like, wait a minute. Don't make, don't make the Nazi... Yeah, likeable. it was very weird. The hell? The Nazi, even like when things are revealed and the Nazi has this Nazi moment where he's mad, he's still more like, oh, man, I've given you guys so much and this is what you do to repay me. And it's like kind of like a sad moment for the character. Yeah. And you're like, hey, he's a fucking Nazi. Yeah. This and name's I mean, Werner Weiser, for Christ's sake. Yeah. He couldn't could sound more like a Nazi if he wanted to. Even when he takes. Good, you know, by the way. Maybe the best performance in the film. Oh, yeah, fantastic. He was very interesting. But even the actions he takes, I mean, as far as prisoners of war are concerned, it, unfortunately, it's kind of fair. I, I mean, mean the he could have killed them all. A pretty spacious camp <laughs> yeah. with a lot of stuff. Yeah. The Russians, oh, boy, that was bad. Like, they were yeah. all huddled yeah. together, and, like, that looked bad. But the Americans were given a fairly decent camp. And what's funny is it reminded me of Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Like, this is just a dramatic version of Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. There's even a fat Nazi that, like, is constantly on guard. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking Colonel Klink. Or, or there's a Colonel, yeah. Werner Weiser. He's Colonel Klink. But the fat Nazi that's always like, I know nothing. Like that guy, it looked like he was trying to be nothing, there. Nothing. I was like, boy, they're really uh, trying for this. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, definitely trying to spice that in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's go through the cast a little bit. Bruce Willis. Uh, this is when Bruce Willis still was trying somewhat acting. He's got a couple good scenes, but for the most part, uh, this is a classic overly serious kind of sleepy Bruce Willis performance. Squint, nod, and walk away. Yeah. He did a lot of squint, uh, Colin nod, Colin Farrell and walk plays away. Hart. Um, 
very interesting character. Uh, it, it's interesting the choices they make with the character, but it never sells. Like he seems really sympathetic and like a good person who just lucked out at having a rich dad. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, and people shit on him for having that rich dad. But like, he doesn't take the boots from the dead guy. And that's like a sign of he's like, no, I'm going to respect this man that just got killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like things like that. It, wasn't that Adrian uh, Grenier that was the one that was fucking killed real bad? The guy from Entourage. Oh, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm almost positive it is. Uh, uh, yes, uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, playing a dickhead, by the way, because I don't know if he can play anything, but Cole Hauser <laughs> comes on in playing an asshole. I love Cole Hauser. Like he just plays uh, yeah, an asshole in everything he does, but he's actor. such a good asshole. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Howard. He was very good in it. He's probably the second best performance. Um, a little bit above Colin Farrell, but not as good as Marcel Lorez. Yeah. Who is Colonel Werner Weiser. For sure. Uh, Linus Roach is in this film. It's an actor that I know you don't know his name, but if you saw him, you go, Oh yeah, I've seen that guy in a billion things. He's the captain. Uh, Roy Cochran is in this film. He's the kind of chubby American soldier who is basically letting Cole Oster get away with everything. Uh, Sam Yeager's in it. He's just kind of a background soldier, but he has a few lines, and it's just funny because now he's that guy's currently kind of blowing up. Uh, and then Sam Worthington is the last person I wanted to mention. It is hilarious that Sam Worthington is dubbed in this film. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. Sorry. I was I'm unaware that Jonathan Brandis. Turn that off so we didn't have to hear it. Jonathan Brandis was originally in there. Yeah. So this movie, he got every bit of a scene got cut. Yeah. And uh, this, some people, uh, dark. Some yeah. people associate this with his then very, very current after this suicide. Yeah. Because he was like, he had done, uh, I think most people know him from Neverending Story 2 and It. He's a little Bill Denbro from It. But he was in like Ladybugs and Sidekicks and he's been in other stuff. And he he was in uh, Sequest for a long time, a show I actually enjoyed. I loved Sequest. That was a great show. Uh, He was like the the kid actor for a short while. Who was the captain on Sequest? It was the same uh, guy from Roy Schneider. There you go, Roy Schneider. Hell yeah. From Jaws. Yep. I gotta I gotta find Sequest now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's a it doesn't hold up all that well, I'm gonna warn you. Ah, bummer. Just to give you a heads up there. But yeah, I mean Jonathan Brannis was on his way where he was getting little roles here and there and slowly started to build up, but he uh he just it wasn't moving fast enough for him and his heyday had passed him up. And he was struggling, and you know, mentally he had some problems. And when he learned about this film, and there's other things too, but it's just so close to his death because this movie came out in uh, let's see, I think there's like about a year difference. Um, this February, movie came out 2002, February 15th, so the beginning of 2002, and Brandis killed himself at the end of 2003. So a little under two years uh, after this is whenever he had passed away. And it's sad because I like Brandis, but yeah, 
he uh, he uh, he got everything cut, which is uh, a really sad thing. But you know, it happens. So anyway, where was I at? I'm gonna pull my notes back up. I dropped my notes on accident. Uh, you were talking about Sam Worthington being dubbed. Yeah, yeah. So he's only got like three lines in the film, but they dub him every time because his Australian accent apparently was too rough. Um, the beginning of this film, it moves fast. We meet the character and we see the luxury he's in. And then literally when he leaves, he leaves to go get ambushed and brought to the POW camp. It's that quick. Like they don't, they don't fuck around and waste time with anything. They just push him right in, which I appreciated. Um, creepy, weird, scary scene whenever he falls down that hill into that ditch of all those soldiers that have been killed. I was like, Ugh. What? I don't even know what I wrote here. What? <laughs> nice. Man. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I watched this on like Tubi or some shit that had for free with ads. Ah, okay. But do you want to know what ads they decided were going to be throughout this entire film? Oh man. What? That neutral water with the German lady. He's like, it's neutral. The one with the umbalt, <laughs> you know, that one. And I'm like, bad, uh, bad choice. Neutral. <laughs> like I know they didn't go put us in a, a Nazi movie. Make sure to put us in the Nazi movie, but it's like not a good thing for a German uh, centric acid uh, ad to like no. fucking follow is, Hey, look, Nazis. Anyway, here's German water. Drink it. I, I didn't understand my, the way I wrote, I was like neutral lady, German, funny i'm like what the fuck is i what neutral like, oh that's what yeah, it is yeah that, that's the Sorry, sometimes sometimes movie watching brandon is not the same as uh as this brandon and by that i mean i intake drugs <laughs> sometimes <laughs> which this movie needed by the way like not saying everyone needs to do drugs to watch this film but it helps quite a bit uh this movie is a downer uh, it is paced very, it, the pacing isn't bad. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, it's not, it's not the pacing that's bad. It's the speed. The pacing is actually okay. The speed of the film is like, it seems like there's a long unnecessary stretch before we reveal things that need to be known. And it just kind of makes the movie feel like you're just trying to fill it out. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Um, the camp when there's that dog fight above it there's no they don't have any anti-aircraft guns at those places aren't those places getting like attacked all the time why wouldn't they have anti-aircraft guns um well I would think uh mostly because they're not supposed they're not technically supposed to endanger POW camps that's why whenever they're on the train you see the top of the train cars labeled POW is so yeah. that they don't so that you know air support doesn't try to take out the train well yeah you don't bomb the the camps but you bomb the head offices and stuff but yeah. I guess you can't be that exact yeah you could still kill POWs and the whole 
you know, rules of engagement at that time were probably do not kill our own people because we do it by accident more than often than we would like. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, they talk about the Geneva Convention for a minute, and it's kind of funny because I'm like, I don't think the Nazis give a fuck. No, not not really. I mean, in movies they do. So, oh, so um, I did enjoy the fact that um. A, that Terrence Tower was a um, a red tail fighter pilot. Yeah, Tuskegee the, Airman. Yeah, and then he actually was in the movie Red Tails. Yeah, later. Yep. Oh no, I think he's played and, a World War Two era plane pilot like at least three times now. Yeah, let's look up Terrence Howard's uh, filmography. How many times has he played? I mean, I get it. Like, that's a really cool era of history. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. But he was in. Let's I, see. Yeah, Let's I don't, go. No, he's Down got here. a hell of a. He's got 97, 97 movies under his name. Woo wee. Because he's in Red Tails. Yes. That's the one that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. That's 2012. I'm just looking through here. Sure. Yeah, I I only know for sure of these two, Red Tails and uh, Hearts War, but I am sure there's probably more. I mean, it's like he just is a really good actor and he has the right look, like the mustache and everything. He's a pretty dude. Yeah, I get it. I get why they would choose him. Yeah, I get that. He's a pretty dude. He's He's got the scowl. Whenever Terrence Tower's angry and he's looking at something, he's got that that downward scowl. Uh, that's a that's a a look that not many people have. I like it. Oh yeah, he's definitely got an interesting look to him, right? I, for sure. Boy, he was in some stinkers early on, huh? Yeah, but he was uh, he was Rhodey in Iron Man one. Two. Yeah, you know what? That's how people remember meeting him. I remember meeting him as the bad guy from Big Mama's house. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, he's Lester. He's the one that shows up to like kill the lady. Yeah. I don't uh, remember where the first time I would have seen him was. He was in Family Matters. Uh, let's see. Let me think. Uh, Big Mama's house was two thousand. I mean, he was like a student in Mr. Holland's Opus, but I don't think you'd remember him from that. No. Because after that. The next big film he did was Crash. Biker Boys. And then he did uh, Ray, but he's only in there for a minute. I, I was, oh, he's in there for a little bit. I was, uh, and then I he's w- in Hustle and Flow. I would have seen him in Biker Boys. Oh, Biker Boys. Yeah. You, yeah. That's the first Choo-choo. one I would have seen him in. I forgot about Biker Boys. Oh, yeah. Biker one of those uh, let's make some money off of those Fast and Furious mm. fans yeah. films. Yeah. With Lawrence Fishburne and. Orlando Jones, Hansu. <laughs> oh yeah, Orlando Jones is in there. Oh yeah, it was a Jeez. it was a, a Kid Rock was in it. Demon Hansu is in there too. Yeah, it was a, honestly was not not good, but not bad. I mean, on it's on par with, I mean, the, with an original Fast and Furious, the first Fast and the Furious. Um, oh boy! Not by recept, not by anybody else's reception. Well, I mean, 
movie wise, actual like movie and story and everything, it is Uh-oh. basically the Fast and the Furious, but with motorcycles. There's a uh, the top the top uh, review for Rotten Tomatoes, twenty two percent. By the way, nice. Um, waste of a good cast for a movie about bike racing and never gets up to speed. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. That's not even the movie we're talking about. We're talking about Heart Tour. Yeah, that's true. A film that. Uh, let's see. It's so, reception. Um, it's very mixed. I think it holds a sixty currently. Well, that's not. I mean, that's not horrible. No, that's like the very edge of. It's still okay. Yeah, that's astronaut. It's just got way too much going on on the side. Like the uh, to be honest, it takes a little bit to even realize what the movie's main focus is. Yeah, it really does. It's like, is it about this guy's struggle as a rich kid? Is it about World War Two? Is it about this case? Is it about the escape and attack of the plant? Is it about what was it about racism and him trying to overcome the racism in this camp? It's like there's right? too many things happening, and you're like, whoa, hey, there's way too much here. A lot of targets, and it kind of missed all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so let's see here. MGM, for instance, financed uh, Hearts Wars. This is one note that I have. Seventy million. Twenty-one mm-hmm. million of that was Bruce Willis's salaries for six weeks of work. God damn. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yeah, for six weeks of work. He's not even the main character. Nope. Yeah, and the producers uh, do blame MGM marketing's uh, MGM's marketing campaign uh, for selling it as an action film. Yes, and not I a saw, I actually film. a thing I do all the time when we do these films is I actually pull up the trailer and I watch it. It's an action film, according to the trailer. There's yeah, the trailer lets me believe and... it's like this action film. It is not. It is not. No sir. Film at all. His name also confuses me. Mick Damara. Yeah. His last name. I'm like, what? That's a weird last name. What is that? It's got a Mick in there, so I assume it's like Irish or Scottish, but then Namara doesn't sound Irish or Scottish at all, but who knows? Yeah. Mick Namara, let's see here. Oh, Irish pub. <laughs> McNamara is what it's uh, derived from. Sure. Uh, derived from Gaelic name Mac Conmara, meaning son of the hound of the sea. Interesting. Yeah. Here's the, the most, here's the funny part about one this film. One of the most powerful families um, in the kingdom of Thomond. If you want to get me like a- approval of a scene, make it a court scene. I fucking love court scenes. I love court dramas. I can watch court dramas all day long fucking dig them don't know why but i really like them and so when this started to morph into a court drama i was kind of excited but we don't get to see enough of the process for me to be entertained the little bit we do get i think Farrell did fine and i think uh oh my god uh sam yeager he he's the other lawyer. oh yeah yeah he's uh, i think he did fine uh, they are, they never quite get, they get heated at one moment, but I feel like there should be more heat in this case, but it's whatever. I mean, I don't know. The whole movie is pretty chill. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Uh, for a POW camp, yes. 
yeah, it's a real chill film. There's not, a, it's not, it, I mean, as far as like gun shooting and action, there's one scene really. And that's the very, very beginning. Yeah. If you don't count the attack on the, um, the train camp. Yeah. But even that's really close to the beginning. That's true. It's like, we have the we have the attack of the jeep. Uh-huh. That's pretty action packed. Then it slows down to literally people crammed in a train car. Uh-huh. The attack on the train isn't even viewed from the attack angle. It's viewed from our POWs forming the letters POW, and with their bodies. Yeah. Which I don't know. I go back and forth on that one. <laughs> so, like, it, it's. Got a little bit of action, I guess. And then at the very end, whenever everything gets revealed, there's a little bit of action, but it's not much either. Yeah. Yeah, you get a little bit during the dogfight over the camp. Yeah. But yeah, the, the three, basically three big action sequences. Are very, are very half action, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is, but those three sequences, they use every bit they can in the trailer. <laughs> of course they do. And then the one time where Colin Farrell starts like screaming in the court, they use that one clip to kind of show the court scene. I'm like, he does that one time. Like usually they're always very calm. So yeah. I don't know. Trailers are so misleading. Like Disney's even made like a whole fucking thing about it where they're like, we'll just straight up lie in our trailers and you're still going to see our films. So I just don't even watch trailers anymore. Gone are the days where a trailer, like the the art of cutting a trailer, was something impressive. Now we have like those little mini trailers in front of trailers where it's like, yeah. it's just like one quick image and it's like, duh, 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 trailer starts now. It's like, is there a trailer for this trailer? Of course. Is that what's going on right now? And like, that's what we have. Yeah. So, got to watch the trailer for the trailer for the movie. Of course. And they always have a boom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They love that, like, heavy typewriter sound. You know? Oh, yeah. When letters are showing up, you know? They love that. Goddamn, they love that sound. (laughs) It's funny, too, because, like, think about, like, people under, what, 30? Mm -hmm. Don't even, like... They don't even know what a typewriter is. Wouldn't even know how to comprehend a typewriter or have never seen one used or anything, so... I just found out they put a uh, Panasonic CD player with anti-skip technology in a museum. Oh, yeah. yeah I had a I had a Panasonic CD player. I had a Panasonic CD uh, player, the Walkman t- style, without yeah. anti-skip. No, <laughs> I I had a yellow one that had anti-skip, but I don't know what the fuck that actually means because that bit skipped every time that thing was tapped. <laughs> It was yellow, and the headphones huh. were yellow with uh, bright blue earpieces. And damn it, I love that thing. Nice. So I had a silver Walkman forever. Yeah. That I listened to tapes on because we're that old. Yeah, we, we are. We were still listening to tapes. Yeah. What was your uh, first CD? Do you remember? I remember my first tape too. Oh, do you? I don't remember my first my tape. Very, my very first tape was Old Bullshit, the Beastie Boys album. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And my first CD was, uh, so I bought three CDs at the same time. Okay. But the first CD I picked up to buy with the CDs, because the other two were Metallica, the Black Album. Okay, good. And the Lion King soundtrack. Also good. The first movie, the first CD I picked up was 
Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. Nice. Okay. I got those three together. Those were the three I had. That's quite a collection. Because I had also bought a three CD changer stereo system for my house. And I was like, hell yeah. I'm fucking awesome. I I was like, I don't know. I was uh, 11, 12. And I was like, that was given to me by somebody who had bought like a 15 CDs changer, you know? Uh And I was like, oh, now I got to go buy CDs. So those are the three I bought that were in there. Okay. I'm going to, so my first album was uh, Weird Al's Lollapalooza. Nice. Okay. Okay. Lollapalooza. Yeah, Lollapalooza. And the, um, so, and I'll see, I'll see your uh, CD changer story with another gifted CD changer. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was a, a 10 CD changer for the oh. trunk of my car. My 96 Dodge Neon. Oh, they had the, the, the reloadable yeah. like, cartridge. Yeah, I had the cartridge you pulled out. They put the CD, you yeah. popped them in there. Had a little thing on exactly the dash. What you're talking about. Yeah. Hold on. Let me change CDs. Boop. <laughs> you got to pull over and get it out of your trunk. Yeah, if you wanted to change CDs, you actually had to pull over, pop the trunk, pull the cassette out. It was an ordeal. Uh, oh, man, I remember those. I remember those being a thing. People were like, holy shit. You got so much music? It's like, yeah, it still skips, too, if I hit a fucking railroad track, by yeah, the way. sure does. Uh, I, I mean, shit, I remember when the first MP3s came out, and I was oh, like, yeah. oh, man, I can fit, like, 80 songs on this bad boy. That's fucking awesome. I'll never need more than 80 songs. When am I going to listen to music longer than that? Man, I had the first video iPod that still had the clicky wheel. That thing was my favorite music player of all times. To this day, I have an iPhone. I still think that played music better. <laughs> I had a uh, MP3 player. It was like a knockoff, but like it was shaped like a thumb drive, and the end came off and was a thumb drive that you could plug it in so you didn't have to use any wires or anything. Nice. That was the one I had, and I I really liked it. I Oh, man. Uh, I, I listened to a little bit of everything, but I remember very distinctly that Jason Mraz put out his album around that time, and I was into it. That Kobe Callier, Jason Mraz song, yeah. you know? Yeah. The lucky I'm in. The, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. I, oh, man. I fucking was like, hell yeah, there we go. But you know what other album came out around that time that I was listening to on repeat? Uh, uh, oh my God! Is it? Let, hold on, let me get the name of it real quick. I think it's called. Well, I don't want to get it half wrong. I wish I had my old CD binder. Good grief! Oh boy. Uh, okay, yeah, I was right. Uh, Permission to Land by oh. uh, the Darkness, the one that had. Oh, I believe okay. it. Thank God, love it. Yeah, like that album yes. came out at the same time. And yeah, those I remember those two being played uh, quite a bit together. I still play. Uh, I believe in a thing called love. I love that song. Uh, I like their B sides. They're like yeah. growing on me, and love is only a feeling. Those are good songs, and nobody Dark- listens to them. Darkness is good. Not, not part of my. Uh, what am I l- listening to? But you know what? If you're if you want to listen to something that's pretty interesting, listen to other songs from the darkness. Mm-hmm. Especially their new stuff's fun. Yeah. I did uh, leave when I my first marriage because you know I'm that guy. Uh, I too. left the wedding chapel to I believe in a thing called love. Ah, that's awesome. Good, good stuff. I like how we've gone on a complete sidetrack. Well, you know, I haven't mentioned shit about the movie. Ah, there's a reason. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's, it's, I, I won't, boy, it's forgettable, right? That's the problem. I won't. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. It's just, and I'll never watch it again. Like, I wasn't like, oh, what a waste of time. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I also wasn't like, I need to tell someone else about this so they can watch it. I don't know who it's for. I, I it's like, so I always, it's think, like a good commercial, you know, like a good yeah. commercial. You go, that was fun, but so, you'll never watch, you'll never search it out and watch a commercial. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always mentioned my mother cause she's the, you know, the movie, the cinephile that made me the cinephile and she loves Bruce Willis. She loves Colin Farrell. I honestly don't think I would suggest that she watch this because it is just so forgettable. There are so many movies with those two in different parts that are so much better. Oh yeah. That you just not sure. waste an hour and a half, two hours of your time and just watch those instead. You know, I mean, damn, like, if you want to watch courtroom drama, military courtroom drama, just watch a few good men. The best one of those oh ever made. Oh my god, that was so good. And if you want to watch World War II stuff, I mean, I can give you a fucking list of movies that are better than this. Hell yeah. Shit, watch Band of Brothers. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan's great. I like that movie. Band of Brothers is a show, obviously, but it's still very good. And Vin Diesel's in it. Yeah. Family. Yeah, Vin yeah, Diesel was in Saving Private Ryan, too. Who? Saving Private Ryan, Vin Diesel was in there too. Is he's, he in both of them? Yeah, he's the guy who get, he's the guy who gets shot by the sniper, the first one, and he's got the letter. Wait, I thought that was. Oh my god, am I just getting Band of Brothers and that confused? Uh, I don't know, maybe. But that's definitely. Has it been that long? Since that's I've seen definitely these films Saving Private Ryan. I don't remember. I, I like. I love that movie. But yeah, he uh, he gets shot by the sniper, and. Uh, Hands over his letter and dies in the street, unfortunately. Yeah, because the one guy is rewriting it so there's no blood on yes. it, and then he dies. That's Saving Private Ryan. 100%. Okay. Fucking goddamn World War Two Tom Hanks films confusing <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean, they are very similar. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm like, I'm, I'm way off. That was Saving Private Ryan. Hey, you know what, though? Both are good. This is just as good. It's got Tom Hardy in it. Band mm-hmm. of Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Michael like Fassbender's in it. Yeah. Michael Cudlitz is in it before he got famous for Walking Dead. Very nice. Like, rewatch Band of Brothers, people. Yeah. You're not going to be mad. You're going to be like, damn, there's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. There are there are better things. Um, the Great Escape. If you oh, want to watch. Escape's great. Yeah. If you want to watch POW Escape films, The Great Escape, way better. Right, uh, that uh, man. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I didn't watch that movie until way later. Uh, I mean, even just like Dunkirk and Fury. Yeah, those are modern, more modern ones that are really good. Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you want to see some good Nazis. Inglorious Bastards. Christoph Waltz. My God. He is a just a, a quiet terror in that movie. I'm looking up uh, just just the just for my own interest. I looked up World War II courtroom films yeah. to see if there were any other that combined these two things together. If you want to see good uh, Cole Hauser, 
Uh, one of my favorite Ooh. Cole Hauser. Don't too much about Cole Hauser. He might come up later. Oh, that's true. Uh, so one of my, <laughs> a couple of my favorite Cole Hauser uh, movies. Uh, none of these are on our list. I know for a fact. Um, one of them, of course, is the uh, Too Fast, Too uh, Furious. No, um, uh, Pitch Black. Number oh, one. Oh yeah, Cole Hauser's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love I loved him in Pitch Black. He was also in. He's in Tears of the Sun with Bruce Willis as well. Yes, yes, he is. He wasn't Too Fast and Furious. He was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he plays a soldier a lot. Yes. He's in Riddick as well because he comes back. In that's Riddick. that's the one I was looking for. Was Riddick? I I thought he was in Riddick. Um, I like his John's character. He's really cool. Uh, he was also very good in Transcendence. As uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that film, the Johnny yeah. Depp. God, movie. I, the AI movie. Yeah. I love that movie, man. That movie was fantastic. I'll, I'll just let you have that. I'm not, I'm not going to get it, into it. It's man, just, he's an acts of violence with Bruce Willis. Oh, he does a lot of Bruce Willis films. He does. He does. I mean, the movie wasn't amazing. Like, the movie itself, the thought and the story and the way that it ended was amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, you can have that. Yeah. You can it have whatever you want, buddy. Very original. Put it that way. I'm just super indifferent on it. A lot of people were. Obviously, it's it didn't get, it didn't exactly. I don't think it exactly uh, bombed, but I don't think it did very well. Let's see. Uh, well, I'll find out for you. Uh, see. IMDb has it at a six point two out of ten. What's its uh, Rotten Tomatoes sitting at? Oh yeah, he's in Days of Confused too. He's the Got Morgan, He's the paddle guy. Got Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Okay, Transcendence. It uh, oof, it bombed. <laughs> Did it? It's but its budget was anywhere from a hundred to one hundred and fifty million. It only made a hundred and three million. Do we need to add that to the list? We can. I wouldn't it mind. Lost, it I... lost possibly fifty million dollars at least. I'd love to talk about that. Gives us another Morgan Freeman movie. Morgan Freeman. I'm getting better at saying his name. <laughs> I can't say anything else <laughs> with his voice. Also, uh, uh, but... Paul Bettany and, and Killian Murphy are both in it, and those are both actors that throughout the years I've said should play Constantine. Like Paul Bettany is my John Constantine. Always, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, he fucking looks just like him. Like, can we get Paul Bettany as Constantine? And then when uh, he's getting a little older and Killian Murphy's just looks a little younger than him. I don't think they're actually much different in age, to be honest. But I was like, oh, well, Murphy is the new one if uh, it's replaced. See what? Murphy's 47, Bettany's 52. So, yeah, they're barely different in age. Yeah, I would, uh, I, I don't know, man. I was spoiled by the Constantine TV series. That, um, uh, he's good. He was so good. <laughs> Also, I want to bring up something. The fact that we are getting so easily distracted <laughs> is a perfect example of how this movie is. Yeah, we're forget this movie is so forgettable. We're forgetting we're supposed to be talking about exactly. It. We really <laughs> are. Uh, um, um, notes. I yeah, notes. Those things. The bread scene was good. I already said that. Gotta enjoy the racism while fighting the Nazis. Irony. Uh, yeah, that's a. I don't have a whole lot of notes for this damn movie. There wasn't uh, a whole lot, honestly. Have you played the sound yet? 
Uh, oh, you know I haven't. Yeah, something like that. That's the level of performance you get from. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Which honestly, I'm. I'd like to know how many of Bruce Willis's movies he says that line in. Yeah, he does say stuff like that a lot. Yeah, yeah something. Yeah, like, yeah, something like that. Close, close enough. Yeah, anything, anything where he doesn't have to explain the plot to you again. Yeah, you know. Okay, here's my here's my hot take. Bruce Uh-oh. Willis was okay as an action star. I much prefer Bruce Willis to comedy star. That's just the way it is. I don't know if that's a hot take. Yeah, I like him in comedy better. He's just better in comedy, in my opinion. Now, you can have a little bit of action in your comedy. Look at Hudson Hawk, you know, one of our first episodes. But our I like him. Episode. It was our first episode. That's right. Um, but I like him in comedy better. Drama and uh, action. Man, he did like the yeah. whole nine yards, and that was good. And ah, the whole nine yards was I fantastic. Mean, just just moonlighting in his original, where he came from is, you know, so. Huh? Yeah. Well, Jesse, since we can't keep on subject, let's talk about something we don't, we'll never forget about, and that's our friend, Joe, Mor- Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. And it is your turn. Now, well, uh, Joe was in the film What Lies Beneath, right? Okay. So I bring that up because I got to connect not only to Joe Martin, but this movie allowed me to connect to Fast and Furious because Cole Hauser is the villain <laughs> okay. of Too Fast, Too Furious. And you want to know who the uh, chief, the, who Brian's boss is at Too Fast, Too Furious? James Remar, who's in, he's the psychologist in What Lies Beneath. I love James Remar, by the way. He's, uh, he, oh, uh, I can tell you his worst role, he was right in in Mortal Kombat 2, but... Other, he's actually a good actor. That's just a, a terrible film. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a really cool voice. Really deep and gravelly. Yeah, that guy, he's a he's a great character actor. You see him in so many things. Yeah, he always plays like an old oh, soldier or an old cop. Shit, he's an Oppenheimer. It's, uh, we'll talk about that later, too. Uh, Is he an Oppenheimer? Yeah, apparently. Oh, he's on Yellowstone, too, with Cole Hauser. Uh, fantastic! I did not. I don't remember seeing James Remar in there. Um, yeah, James Remar, Oppenheimer, Henry Stimson. Don't know. I haven't seen Oppenheimer oh, yet. Okay, okay, okay. Oh boy, he he's just clean shaven, and he doesn't have a whole lot of lines in it. Yeah, he doesn't play clean shaven very often. No. Uh, he was Butch Pooch in Django Unchained. Yeah, he, I think he just has a mustache in that film. He's wearing glasses and like a suit. I, I seeing him now, I'm like, okay, I remember him in the film for a second. He wasn't in there very long. Yeah, huh, done, interesting. Done anyway. a lot of voice work for cartoons. Makes sense because, like you said, fantastic voice. Oh yeah. Well, after his uh, great role as Raiden. <laughs> God, that was bad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I got it, and I got it, and, and won. 
or two. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, how'd you do? Uh, I also got it in two. Uh, I went Bruce Willis to John Malkovich in the movie Red, and okay. John Malkovich to Joe Morton in Of Mice and Men. Yeah, very good, very good, very good. Yeah. Right. Go some classic, classic Joe. Oh yeah. I, I, I as soon as I saw Cole Hauser was in the cast, I go, well, I got to find some some <laughs> person in Too Fast Too Furious that Joe Morton was in a film with. That's as simple as it is. If Fast and Furious is in their filmography, I'm going to connect it <laughs> with that. Just say that much. So you might get a lot more James Remars if we get anybody else from one or two, because I think he's in both of them. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. All right, Jesse. I think people are pretty sure what we're going to say here. So uh, <laughs> let's just roll right in. Should it bomb? One, two, three, oh! three, two, one, but I hope the movie Old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brandon. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, could it have been done better? Sure. Does it matter? No. <laughs> no. Like... They had the right cast in. None of these, none of these guys are sh- are chumps. They, you know, the director, everything about it is fine. This was just a movie that no one put any passion into. And like, I understand that there's probably people that worked on the film that did. And there's, and I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, but like, you could tell in this film that the actors and stuff like that were just like, ah, whatever, get it done, just a paycheck. Yeah, and it it comes off really badly. Like they were like, yeah, this is going to make a difference. I think Terrence Howard was the only one that was like, this could be something for me. And it's unfortunate that this was what we got out of it, but it is what it is. Um, so I guess, I guess we're just jumping right to, uh, well, I guess before we do that, before we announce what's what, what's next week, uh-huh. I did want to take a second to talk about the uh, strike. So like we are actually 100% we support the strike, obviously, you know, like we love movies. We love TV. We love acting. We love writing. We love all that stuff. And we shit on it sometimes. Yes. But these people work really hard and we understand that. And I've said it many times before that even when I shit on a movie, I sometimes feel bad because I know that there's somebody that worked really hard on this. Well, those people are basically out there right now just trying to get fair wages, I mean, and people could say all the time, well, they get do, they get paid a lot. They get paid a lot. They get paid a lot. Some of them, sure. Yeah. But, like, the, not that many actors get 21 mil, 20, what was it, $23 million? Yeah, 21 million. Yeah, exactly. That, that uh, is not the norm. And, you, and have to, you have to remember that a lot of actors, and people don't think about this. Um, sure, you get, you get a, a decent amount of money. For if you're an A actor, an A list actor, you're going to get millions of dollars. They are not the ones that we're worried about. Yeah, but our, our TV actors, our yeah, commercial TV actors, actors, the character all that actors, things that you know, they're not A listers. They get background people less everything. than a million dollars a movie. Okay, yes. Let's, some there, of them. There let's, are some actors in this that have had leading roles in films, mm-hmm. and they make about seventy k a year. Yeah. That's not even good where we're at in the Midwest, exactly. let alone when you have to live in California because that's where all the stuff is. Exactly. And what a lot of people don't remember is that a lot of the actors, you know, sure, someone like Bruce Willis can get a job 
this year and not work for an entire year because he made $20 million off that off the six weeks. But someone who makes a hundred grand. Like Cole Hauser isn't making no. $20 million a film. I mean, if he makes a hundred grand on a movie, okay, that's fine. And normally, if you think about it, well, if I made a hundred grand a movie, I could make one movie every year. It'd be fine. That's that's all well and good when you look at it that way. But you don't count in the fact that the actors have to try to make. I mean, they're basically interviewing for jobs constantly. You get a job, you work at that job, you make money. Actors don't get that. Writers don't get that. They have to, you know, audition for this stuff constantly, which is hours and hours of work and travel. And all this different stuff they have to spend money on just to try to get the jobs. Oh, yeah. And also, so you know, and this is wild to me. This is the craziest thing you're going to hear. Do you know that most studios don't supply insurance? No, not you at all. To pay for your own insurance. Oh, yeah. So let's take, let's take, let's take, let's take our beloved Joe Morton. Uh-huh. Right. Joe Morton's yearly salary is about, is under half a million dollars. Okay. So he makes about, about 40K a month. Right. Okay. So he, and that's, that's on average. There's going to be months where he makes less. There might be months where he makes a little more. Here's the thing. That seems like a lot of money. Like 40, there's people out there that are like 40 K a month. Holy shit. He's, he's decently high profile and he does, he's done a lot of TV and that's where that money comes from. But here's the thing, his insurance that he has to have and his dues and all the other upkeep stuff that you do because they pay for their own gas. Uh, they do have to pay for their own everything. And a lot of times they have to pay for their own travel, which is ridiculous. Uh, and, I mean, Joe Morton was in Batman v Superman, and he makes – he and he. this is the amount of money he makes. When you take away everything that he has to pay in a year – just to work. I'm not talking about your your regular like your gas and your electricity and all that stuff. I'm talking about travel, insurance, security. Obviously, they need security, and then the the things you have to pay an agent. When you get all that through, he's not making all that much money. He's probably making 200k a year, which I know is still very good. But this is a profile actor that's big that we've talked about many times. If, and think about that much. Joe Morton only makes that much, and he's been around. I mean, the man's 75 years old. He's been around for a while. There's a lot of people a lot younger than him that aren't making anywhere near that, and all they're doing is they just want to have fair wages. They're not yeah. asking for a ridiculous amount. They're not asking for ridiculous things. They're saying pay us on time, pay us a fair amount, and maybe give us insurance because it's really hard if you have a family. Yeah. I mean, and you- shit, how much do you pay in insurance for just you and your daughter? Exactly. I mean, we pay, uh, I pay through my job and it's like, uh, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a paycheck. So like almost $500 a month. So he has to pay through marketplace because, yeah. or, or privately. Yeah. And that's a lot of that is based on how much you make. So he's yeah. probably spending a lot, 2000 or more a month on just insurance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's, and then, it's see, the thing ridiculous. you have to remember it, is that this is not just about them getting fair wages, too. This is the fact that, well, it's, it's about fair wages, but it's fair in quotes. Because what you have to understand is that, yeah, you may think that, you know, half a million dollars a year is ungodly amounts of money, and it is. But the people that are employing them are making, for instance, on... Oh, don't get me started on how much, like... 
Yeah. Bob Iger so made. on Justice League, tech didn't didn't make its money back. For instance, Justice League, two hundred and twenty nine million dollars they made on that movie. I mean, the studios are racking in millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And then when movies don't work, they write them off and, you know, gain some of the money back in taxes. All they want is just fair pay. And then on top of that, this is also they're taking this opportunity opportunity. Jesus, I added an extra syllable in there. Uh, They're taking this opportunity to also be like, we need something written into our contracts about AI. Yeah. Like, like. AI, like I know right now, AI still gives everybody 12 fingers and it doesn't know how to use words correctly sometimes. So AI isn't exactly at that point where it's writing movie scripts. But if it's able to half-ass one and then you just hire someone for punch-ups, you could hire that person for much less. And digital rights aren't a thing that people have right now. So like, yes... Uh, deep faking is a gray area where they can't necessarily do that, but like did full digital likenesses being used for things that has not been something that these studios have ever discussed. So they're like, we need that figured out. And on top of that, there's also the ongoing issue that like streamers, like people that are just famous that got there from the internet are getting writing and acting jobs when they're, and they don't have to be part of any union to do so. And it's not like it's they're trying to stop them from doing that, but they're like, well, can we get something written in here that helps us with that? Because that's kind of not fair. So it's how very about, interesting. It's a very this? interesting thing we're going through right now. But uh, I bring it up before we go to what's next because I just wanted people to know that we are aware of the strike. If you can donate, please do help these people yeah. out. Um, so here, here's, there's going to be people losing their houses. You were talking you know? about the AI thing. Um I just asked ChatGPT to write a podcast intro about box office bombs from Brandon. Hey there, fellow movie enthusiasts. Welcome to Box Office Bombs Unveiled, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey through the biggest box office flops in cinematic history. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm excited to embark on this adventure with you. Sound of movie reels rolling. It literally says that. Yeah. We all love a good blockbuster, but sometimes even the most promising films fall flat at the box office. Join me as we dig deep into the stories behind these epic failures, from the astronomical budgets to the star-studded cast and the high expectations turned into crushing disappointments. That's why we're worried about AI. That's better than anything I could write. <laughs> yeah, because ain't, that ain't bad. No, so. it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I once asked, uh, what is the box office bomb squad about? And I asked AI that. And it gave me an answer that was pretty funny. Yeah. It basically was like, it's a, a box office bomb squad is a podcast where Je- Brandon and Jesse review movies, bad movies. Jesse is, I think it says Jesse is a tech guy. Brandon is the mad one. And that made me <laughs> laugh. Like I'm the mad one, huh? Uh, that's awesome. Uh, it ain't wrong. I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. I love it. I'm the mad one, but, uh, yeah, it made me laugh. But, yeah, I mean, they obviously need to get something in place before this starts becoming a real issue. So I get it. Uh, you know, I just asked Chet GPT what Box Office Bomb Squad was about. Yeah. Did uh, you get our names right this time? Uh, it didn't mention any names. 
Oh, so half, chat, about half the time it gets our names right, and then yeah. the other half it just chooses random names. ChatGPT is purely creative. It doesn't actually pull oh, okay. any real information. But the oh, last, see, the ones I were using pull real information yeah. from the internet. So okay. this one, um, so the last line, everything in here is really interesting. I'll send it to you later. The last line, though, is really good. Ultimately, Box Office Bomb Squad provides an engaging and captivating experience, sharing stories that go beyond mere box office numbers and helping listeners gain a deeper appreciation for the art and unpredictability of filmmaking. I mean, I think that's our new byline. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, don't do that. That's exactly what they're fighting for. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Unless you write this byline was created by AI afterwards, which would be funny. It's good stuff. There you go. I sent it to you. Uh, All right, cool. <clears throat> you can read that at your leisure. Your leisure. With the Beatles from Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool. Liverpool. George uh, Ringo. Sorry. I'm just looking to see if there. I, I wanted to pull up my list uh, for when we get to not the next subject, but the subject after that. I didn't have it. Uh -huh. So Jesse, uh, so we we you know SAG after support, blah blah blah. We know support the strike. Um, you know, without them, we wouldn't have this. You know, and we 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 like doing this. <laughs> so you know, help them. True. Uh, what's next week, Jesse? And I delivered it to you as it had been delivered to me. Then it really happened, didn't it? Yes. You were in the cell next to her. And that's what this is all about. I know what this You're is. getting back at them for what they did to her. That was V for Vendetta 2006, one of my favorite Hugo Weaving movies of all time. However, our next movie is Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves 2023. Hell Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoy this, this film. We so. just added this one not too long ago. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. So that's our next one. That's great. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, we don't even need to like act like we're not going to say it. We all know <laughs> that movie shouldn't have bombed. Yeah. That movie bombed because of bad timing because the Mario movie came out the next week, and that was where all the families were going to go see. So. Yeah. The Mario movie was a crazy phenomenon. And because of that, we probably won't get a sequel. We might get a sequel because they basically were like, listen, the reviews are so high in this that we might end up just being smarter about the release and cut the budget some. Yeah, I hope I so. Mean, because I hope we get more. Man. Because, God, I love that film. That movie, that movie was so fun. Right. Uh, <clears throat> all right, Jesse. You ready? What are you watching? Which <laughs> watch? Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept Nine. that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. What are you watching? Well, um, I'm going to split the last few films I have over this in the next podcast because I did see, or, well. Yeah, I would notice that. When he so, said, I want to talk about something, I'm like, is it your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I have a Barbie shirt on right now is what yeah. Jesse's referring to. Uh, but Barbie, I will talk about next week. And what I'll talk about this week is Oppenheimer. Yeah. I went and saw Oppenheimer. Uh, it's very good. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, it's going to win Oscars. It's just, 
it here's the thing i didn't know how they were going to do this movie without being a complete downer and they actually did a pretty good job because the thing about uh j robert Oppenheimer is he has a very weird and interesting life and he was sort of a party boy and i wasn't sure if we were going to get that out of him and we sure did uh i actually really enjoyed the film and holy shit this cast is fucking wild like there are so many likable people in this film it's it's crazy to me uh i was actually surprised like there are some people that are like somewhat big actors like uh not like a-listers but like josh peck i think he's got four lines in the film and that's okay. just kind of the what what i mean by it. it's like these people are showing up and that's it that's all we get out of them just a little bit and i'm like that's fucking wild to me uh oh man yeah man kenneth brana the guy who played edward teller did such a good job at that weird voice that edward teller has like i've i've heard him in recordings uh i mean jeez Cillian Murphy, Florence Pugh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Jack Quaid, Robbie Malik, Matt Damon, Josh Peck, Josh Hartnett, David Desmachal, I don't know how to say his name. I like Scott uh, Grimes. Matthias Schweighoffer, who's becoming big. Fucking Gary Oldman is in here. Dane DeHaan is in here. Casey Affleck is in here. Uh, Alex Wolf from Hereditary, Kenneth Branagh, Gustav Skarsgård, the Skarsgård brother that played Floki and... Vikings. Jason Clark is in here, who I hate, but he's in here and he's actually good in it. Michael Angorano, who I love, is in it. Eldon Arnreck is in it. Uh, David Krumholtz, Matthew Modine. It, 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 you could just keep going and you're like, I know so many of these people. It's just wild to me. I And I was blown away. First off, you know how fucking... Uh, Nolan is so he remade a non-atomic but remade the explosion and god they they show the full explosion in slow motion almost uninterrupted for the beginning of it and just that alone is just wild and crazy to watch so cool Um, and even though I this is what this is the biggest credit I'll give to this film I know exactly what the fuck is going to happen Right. We all know what's going to happen. We all know what happened. Uh This movie still does such a good job at building tense moments that I was like tense as shit during some scenes. I was like, Oh man, Oh man, Oh man. And it's like, I know already, I already know how this turns out, but it was just very well done. Very well done. Uh, Much better than tenant. I'm happy to see him back in like a grade. I do believe Tenet is maybe his worst film now. Probably, uh, but I, honestly, I didn't. I liked. Tenet I didn't hate it. I, that's like saying the the worst pizza you've ever had. You know, sure. it's like it's still pretty fucking good. Yeah. Oh man! So, oh, uh, wrong. Uh, I'm also watching new season Righteous Gemstones. I think I talked about it last season, but uh, holy okay. shit, what a show! Like. If you aren't watching Righteous Gemstones, watch it. There's no way you're not going to laugh at it. It is just so good and funny. Um, and as far as music goes, not playing any new games. I'm still playing Diablo 4. I'm a slow game player, so I'll be on that for months. 
Um, I haven't even played it in the last week and a half, two weeks now. Uh, as far as music goes, I'm going to suggest a song uh, from the band Blame My Youth. And they have a song called Right Where You Belong. It is just like kind of an up-tempo, fun... Uh, it, it's 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 hard to explain its style because it definitely tries to do something with like electric rock, but it's got it's more poppy than that. It's just a really fun, good song, and the band is fun. And like, if you have seen, uh, oh my god, now I'm drawing a huge blank. Uh, what was the new Bill and Ted called? Oh, Face the Music? Face the Music, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've seen Bill and Ted Face the Music, this is the song that plays at the end of the film. Oh, okay. And it is really good. <laughs> it is really fun. So, just wanted to say that. Uh, that's the that's the music choice I, I choose for that. I think um, I think people will, like listen to it and go, okay, this is actually pretty damn good. So anyway, Jesse, what are you watching? Oh, well, <clears throat> I started, um, I started watching. I'm really late to this party. Uh, the TV show miracle workers. Oh boy. Yeah. With Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi. Uh, just awesome. It's just Steve Buscemi is God. Daniel Radcliffe is an angel uh, working in heaven. It's, it's so, it's so cool. So, um, if you like either of them, it's so worth it. They have a crazy uh, recurring cast too. Yeah, they they bring in so many character actors to play uh, bits in there. Yep, it's good. Um, oh yeah. The game that I started playing, I actually downloaded while I was in Florida to my Steam Deck because it was on sale. Thank you, Steam. And that's Tiny Tina's Wonderland from the hey. uh, Borderlands series. Um, it's, I mean, it's the Borderlands games, but with dragons and magic and a, a tiny fantasy Tina. forward a Borderlands game. Yeah, it's kind of like it's supposed to be. It's it's bunkers and badasses is the game that you're playing, basically. It's D and D, dragons, but it's bunkers and badasses, um, and it's all narrated by you know Tiny Tina, which is fantastic because she's my favorite Borderlands character. Um, you know, like the one of the main good guys is Princess Butt Stallion, which is a sparkly crystal unicorn. Do you see the <laughs> other voice actors in there? Um, I mean, they're the Tiny Tina's Wonderland. They're the people that you normally got. Wanda Sykes is one of them. I know she's that. the robot. Yeah, yeah, she's she is the robot. Uh, I don't remember who does Valentine's voice. Andy Samberg. Is that Andy Samberg? Yeah. Awesome. I don't know if he did it in the uh, Borderlands games. No, I think he's just for this. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he he's a, the guy who's playing uh, the game with you. Yeah, and he is way different. Uh, Valentine in general, because Valentine's a bad guy in the actual games but in this he's actually like a good guy and there he's playing the board game with you um but yeah it's uh oh and the dragon lord as well or not too by the way yeah i okay i remembered that one um because he it's a really fun a really fun bad guy 
yeah. I mean, if you like Borderlands, you like the the art style and the gameplay and everything. It it's really the same thing, just with a different skin on it. You know. So, uh, but it was like twenty bucks. So I definitely got my twenty bucks out of it just in the first few hours. Yeah, that game. Um, the issue that I had with it. I love the game actually, but it is you do finish it pretty quick. Yeah. And then there are like two special areas that you can go to that you don't have to do, the beanstalk and another one. To me, it feels like that game was made. They realized it was way too small and they added the DLC in. And like here's here's the full game now. And it's so when the DLC came out, so if you paid you bought the pass, which I did because I always do, the the what you got for DLC. Yeah was garbage that's bummer you got basically the things that the other borderland games give you for free which is like hey here's the new little mini mission on an existing map no new maps nothing Ugh. it was incredibly disappointing to the point that we beat the game we played it for about three weeks after just off and on playing for fun and then we put it down and we never picked it back up hmm. um which sucks because i actually really liked when i was playing it what class did you choose? Um, the Stabomancer. Did you uh, get a second class? Not yet. I'm not oh, high not enough level yet. yet. No, still just a Stabomancer. <laughs> Following nice. the teachings of Princess Butt Stallion. <laughs> trying to remember. Uh, let me pull up the classes real quick so I can remember what I was. Say a berserker. Oh yeah, I had to have been. Yeah, I was a berserker. No, I was a clawbringer, and or, or, I was one or the other, and I choose the other one as it. So I'm a berserker and a clawbringer together. Uh, Brittany played a spore warden, and. Okay. I don't remember her other class, but it was something with uh, partners as well. It may have been Graveborn. Because she had so many companions. She had the little mushroom guy and a bunch of other things. Oh, yeah, the Demi-Lich, yeah. So she had a, she was a Spore Warden, Graveborn. And I had the little bird that the Clawbringer has. So I was a Clawbringer with Berserker as my subclass because... I only use like I only used one move for the Berserker. I just wanted its subclass to get all its strength buffs. <laughs> That's the only reason I did it. And pretty much all I did was use classic barbarian move of spin, you know, spin around in a fucking circle. <laughs> are you nice. are you playing it by yourself or are you playing it with somebody? I'm playing it by myself for right now. I made myself look like an orc just because I wanted to be an orc for some reason. So I'm green and I have like big bottom teeth and stuff. Nice. Nice. I'm pretty. Um, Brittany's character, she made it look as much like uh, the, oh my God, the main, uh, oh my God, what do you call the magic women in that? The magic women in what? In Borderlands. The, all the women oh, that the use sirens. magic, they have a name. Sirens. Yeah, sirens. Yeah, so she made hers look like uh, the siren. Lilith? That, uh. No, not the not that one. Uh, the oh my god, I'm just so bad at names. The one who in the first two games she's just like a lab assistant, and in the third game all of a sudden she's a siren. She wears the goggles on her head. She's the scientist that's like fucking insane. 
I can't remember the character's name. She loves that character, though. So she's like, I'm just going to make her look like her. Yeah, I and remember which one you're talking about, but I cannot remember. It's the one that Sigourney Weaver is going to be playing in the film. Or not Sigourney Weaver. Uh, is it fucking... Oh, is it Amara? Hold on. This is exciting for people, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I mean, there's so many. Because she gets Angel's powers when the Angel dies. Ah. Yeah. I don't remember. What the fuck? Been a while. How is she not in this list? Now I feel like a crazy person. Oh she loves Anson Jack, too, but <clears throat> she she has got a, she always plays as a female. In any game, so she's like, I don't want to, like, ah, whatever. Nice. Um, so while you're looking at that, the book mm-hmm. that I'm going to suggest this time uh, is one of the books I listened to when all the children fell asleep on the way to Florida. <laughs> don't listen while the children are awake. <laughs> it's uh, World War Z by Max Brooks. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, so it's an oral history of the zombie war. It's basically written after the zombie war, after, you know, the Tannis. zombies. Jesus, ah, sorry. okay. Tannis. Tannis, sorry. That makes sense. So it's written after the zombie war, and it's basically like everyone's recounting of the zombie war and, like, the strategies used and things like that. Have, have you ever seen a film that is so far from the... Like the I, the actual book, I've never that. seen World War Z the movie. Yes, <laughs> I've never seen it because I like the book so much I didn't watch the movie. Here's the funny part: it's actually a very good film. Okay, it just has little to nothing to do with World War Z the book. Nice, that's wonderful. The book, uh, the the book is good. I remember reading the book itself, but the audio book is There's read. No blind. Gardner with a fucking shovel killing zombies with his fat gamer sidekick that has a samurai sword. Exactly. So it's a, it's a collection of stories, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But uh, the narrators of the audio book, that's, that's, you know, I love my audio books. One voice or multiple, uh, multiple voices because it's multiple stories. Um, Already, already a fan. So Max Brooks himself uh, does it. Also, you have Alan Alda, what? John Turturro. Who does Alan Alda play? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, all the stories are told by different people, so I don't yeah. remember which one he actually is. Um, I got to listen. I love Alan Alda's yeah. voice. That's so crazy. It's, John Turturro? Nice. Yeah, Alan Alda, John did Turturro. Did you speed it up so it sounded like Monkey Bone was no, reading it? I did not. <laughs> and uh, Rob Reiner is also on that. Oh, fuck. What? Uh, really, Weird. really good uh, voices. Narrating yeah, this book. these these are like old school big time deals. Like this is very weird. Yeah. Huh. And um, also, uh, f- for instance, um, Max Brooks. If the name sounds familiar at all to you, it's because he's actually Mel Brooks's son. Yeah. Which is so fantastic. He got Mel Brooks. Basically, he was like get all his friends to do voices for this book. Basically, that is basically what happened. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So if you're looking for a new audiobook and you like zombies, World War Z, check it out. Max Brooks looks so much like young Mel Brooks too. He does his his mouth his the like everything from his nose down is a little bit bigger than Mel's. But man, 
from mouth up, it's just Mel Brooks's nose and eyes and everything. We love you, Mel. Mel Brooks, how old is? Because I Max Brooks is fifty-one. Mel Brooks is getting up there. He's got to be ninety-something, ninety-seven. Yeah, dang, he's moving good for ninety-seven though. Yeah, yeah. What a sad day is coming up on us. Yeah, uh, that will be a that. Uh, yeah. Did you watch? You watched History of the World Part Two, right? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it on here a little bit. Yeah, the the whole beginning when he was uh, the Muscle Man. So good. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, they put his face on a on a big muscly body. The um, his mom, by Max Brooks' mom, is Anne Bank uh, Anne Bancroft. If you don't know who that is, yeah, she's like a big deal because she like she won. Oh man, she won so many awards. Uh, Academy Awards won Oscar, three Baftas. That's the British Oscars. Two Golden Globes. Two Tonys, that's for plays, singing. Two primetime Emmys and a Cannes. Uh, she she got the EGOT. Yeah. She's one of the few EGOT people. 24, 24 people have gotten EGOTs, and she's one of them, which is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Yeah. So good for her. Proud of her. Hell so yeah. Max Brooks comes from incredible stock. Yeah. Let's hope he can live up to all that. Jeez, I, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Right. But imagine having to like live up to that. If he can uh, if he Jeez. can put out more stuff like World War Z, it'll be worth it. He's, I mean, uh, Mel Brooks's grandson is 18 at this point, so Yeah. <sighs> Wild. Well, Jesse, uh that's what we're watching. Great, great. I'm going to probably download that book because I just finished Lord of the Rings and I was looking for another book to listen to. And after telling me those voices, hell yeah, I'm going to listen to it. So oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, as always, uh, you, you can find us on threads. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us so many places. And Jesse is always pin of doom. I'm always Brando Supreme. But if you have trouble remembering that to find us, Jesse, where can they go? They can go to thebobspod.com and look up our uh, a whole list of our links. We have everything on there. Links to the podcast, just in case you know, you're listening to it on a friend's phone and don't know where to find it other than that. Um, links to all of our stuff. We each have our own page where it has all of our various things on there. Um, you know, All our stuff and our things. Yeah, we set, I set up a Discord server. A link to that's on there. Brandon said he'll never probably use it, but, hey, I'm the only person on there right now. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst of that stuff. I'm sorry. It's fine. I don't know how much I'll use it, but, hey, you I know what? I don't even use the Discord server that all my Magic playing friends use. Nice. It's a direct way to get in touch with us. Uh, True. Because, you know, there we are. I am on there. Brandon's not on Listen, there. if people start dropping in there, I'll join, okay? There you go. <laughs> just don't expect a lot from me folks <laughs> what's the discord name uh no i think is it just a link yeah i put it i put a link in there it's uh the box office bomb squad uh is, okay. the, is the discord um cool. so all right yeah. well um we're sorry that this movie was a bummer uh we're sorry that we got heavily distracted during this film <laughs> recording but that happens whenever movies are bummers have you ever noticed like <sighs> 
not that we're padding time because obviously we've ended these very fast in previous episodes, but like sometimes a movie so like forgettable that our minds drift to anything. Yeah, we're it, looking for any light yeah. in the darkness. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, the movie was uh, it was a a film, I guess. Uh, what'd you have for dinner? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's like one more. I'm more excited to hear what Jesse's <laughs> drinking right now than yeah that film. Uh, what is the drink of the night, Jesse? The drink of the night was Four Roses and Coke Zero. Very simple. Very I'm simple. Uh, not as simple as Brandon's root beer, A&W root beer. <laughs> His root beer of choice. I uh, I do love me some root beer. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for Dungeons & Dragons. That's going to be a very exciting episode. I actually bought the gelatinous cube toy that they made for that film because <laughs> that's awesome. Because because that used to be a game where I could grab toys that are from these films, but believe it or not, I don't have a hard tour or a hard rain figure. You know? Oh man, you don't have a Morgan yeah. Freeman with an ear, with an ear piercing. I wonder if I have Morgan Freeman at all. Morgan no, Freeman. No. Even a Morgan Freeman voice? I don't know. Don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well. I'm trying to think if I have anything Bruce Willis even. You might have Bruce Willis stuff before I would. I made some Bruce Willis ornaments one year for Christmas uh, out of I'm Altoid sure you have tins. His album. Oh yeah. Well, I made. Uh, I took Altoid tins and I took a picture from him climbing through the air vent in Die Hard. <laughs> we epoxied the picture into the Altoid tin to where it looks like he's crawling out of the uh, air vent. <laughs> Great. Oh yeah. man, remind me. When it gets closer to your birthday, I bought you a birthday gift. Wow. And oh boy, I think you're gonna love it. I don't think I don't think that your significant other is gonna love it. But <laughs> you'll love it. Okay. Interesting. So when is your birthday, Jesse? Uh my birthday is around the end of August. Okay. So it's I knew it was coming up. Yes. But I couldn't remember if it was the beginning or middle or end of next month. Yeah. So Mine, I think I've revealed mine on here, so it's not like a secret. I my birthday is the, the beginning of the year. I'm 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 within the first ten days of January. I was born. Yeah. So, and I think we revealed that because I think we made a joke already that I was going to watch uh, RoboCop on my birthday or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, we actually have birthday uh, specials uh, planned. Oh, so your birthday special's coming up. Uh, yes, my birthday special is. Um, Coming up, we are. Uh, do we want to talk about it? Well, we don't want to reveal the movie. Okay, we, I won't do that because we also have the, a movie for the you. Nick Cage one where we didn't mention that we're going to have a special. <laughs> Let's try to remember <laughs> to say that we're going to have a special this time. Yeah, we're gonna, if case we forget to mention it later, we're going to have a special. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a special. Uh, what week should that hit? Uh, let's see. The birthday special should be somewhere in the area of August thirtieth. August 30th should be the uh, posting date. Okay, fantastic. For mine. So there you go. Celebrate Jesse's birthday with us on the 30th with a movie of his choice. Yep. Doesn't have to be a bomb. Nope, doesn't have to be a bomb. Can be a bomb. Doesn't have to be. It's a movie of, think, uh, of my choice. I don't know if I chose my film. I don't know if I chose my favorite film or not. I can't remember. We'll, we'll find out when it gets closer to my birthday. But yeah, I just want to say thanks for everybody listening. Um, Thanks for the views on the last one because usually those solo ones that are very short, uh, 
Ah, Jesse just sent me. That's right. Hell yeah. I cannot <laughs> fucking wait to rewatch that. Uh, I get excited. By the way, uh, I know that this episode's gone a little long, which is shocking because I thought it would go short. I do want to mention real quick, That's if anybody listened to the Hard Rain episode and thought that I was really <laughs> odd at the end of that episode, I was laughing a lot. I was like, uh, uh, a lot. Here's the thing. I forgot we were recording. So I fucking ripped a huge fucking uh bong i mean i was so fucking high by the end of that that i was barely holding it together and i re-listened because i was like i wonder what i sound like just super high oh i can tell yeah like, I, if anyone listens to this podcast they're gonna go brandon's being weird I, as shit i knew about 15 <laughs> minutes in i'm like wait I was just saying stuff that made no fucking sense Oh my god! I was god. having a was blast though. Funny! I oh, I laughed so hard at myself. Like, oh my god, Brandon. So, uh, the reason I say that is for fun. I might go into my birthday movie <laughs> recording, knowing I'll be high and just do it really high because this movie that we're gonna watch so good, even better high. Anyway. Okay. Uh, just wanted to kind of mention that if anybody was like, Brandon's <laughs> losing his shit at the end of Hard Rain, that's why I was losing my shit. But you do get to kind of see where my mind goes when I'm high, and I'm trying so hard to act like I'm not. <laughs> Which I think that was what made it worse, because yeah, it was very clear sure. that something was up. You were, over- yeah. you were oversteering just a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what happened at the end, we, we, we turned off the recording, as we do, and I go, hey, I'm sorry if I'm weird. I, I'm... I'm tripping right now. I'm really high. And Jesse goes, yeah, I thought you were being really funny and weird for a minute there. I was like, okay, good, good. Yeah. So get to watch. Cause I wasn't very high going into it. It just had started. So it, like you get to watch it, yeah. me to the full fucking 40 minutes of me hitting a high and getting into it. There's moments in that podcast where I stop talking in the middle of a sentence and I'm just quiet. And I can tell Jesse's like, uh, are you gonna, are you gonna finish that thought? And then I do not. <laughs> so, that thought goes hard away. Hard rain. One of my favorite recordings we've ever done, <laughs> even though uh, the movie is again very forgettable. Yes. Yeah. Although <laughs> I was watching it, and it made a friend of mine download it and watch it because he just was interested to see how it ended. So there's that. Hey, hard rain got right. two views out of you. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. See you guys next week with Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. What the fuck are her powers? Do you want laser raptors? Because that's how you get laser raptors. I hate you know so much. <laughs> Superman, Harry, you're Superman, Gabby is the Superman.